Joanna Delastra's logbook 30 days after touchdown. I'm back in a bubble again, but not like the ones on Mars that protect us from the hostile world outside. This one's worse. Mary didn't even wait for me to get back to the crew by my own means. She actually sent men to Valentine and Christopher's to come and get me yesterday morning. My hosts weren't too happy to see me leave, but my bodyguards told them that it was for security reasons. They said that more and more people in Neapolis were starting to get curious about us and that we had to be careful to avoid possible incidents. We had no good counter arguments, so I went with them. As we floated peacefully over the city on the taxi trip back, I couldn't help but worry that I'd sabotage any chance I had to study human life on Earth more closely. I have no idea why all this is happening, but it's looking more and more like the Martian Council is hiding something. My only consolation is that my driver was more than happy to talk to me about his vehicle as we sped along. In my records back home, I only had pictures of congested earth roads, packed with cars and trucks flying noisily past each other. My driver told me that flying taxis and the dedicated air corridors they used to travel had only been around for a few decades. But the benefits are significant. Not only do flying vehicles not pollute, they also drastically reduce the amount of traffic in town. They work via hydrogen tanks hooked up to a fuel cell. The fuel cell converts the hydrogen into electricity to feed the engine. Apparently, most vehicles on Earth, from airplanes to cargo ships, use this system now. And they can be recharged in record time at fully automated charging stations. I think I even spotted one of these stations suspended in the sky on a floating platform. Being back with the crew quickly brought me back down to Mars. I mean, to Earth. Mary, she... She barely spoke to me when she saw me. Just announced that she and the crew had been staying in an Earthling university so that our scientists could conduct their research using the most advanced technology possible. According to her, it was necessary for science that I joined them. She didn't even say anything about the research I was doing at Christopher and Valentine's. In fact, she didn't say anything else at all. So now I'm here, cooped up in this university, physically free to move around, but without permission to go outside. Apparently it's too dangerous out there now. Some local space-crazed residents could try to abduct me because I'm from Mars. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <sighs> but at least I'm just in the place to continue my research. Maybe there's a library here that I can have a dig through. Though really, when it comes to research, nothing beats being able to speak to real people and visit earthly infrastructure in person. What's the point of having traveled millions of kilometers just to do the same kind of research I did on Galeon? I hope that Valentine and Christopher are okay. I have no idea when I'll even see them again. If I'll see them again. Before I left, Valentine told me she would try to get the Neapolis assembly to sort things out, but from what I've seen, Mary isn't going to make things easy. I don't even recognize Mary anymore. She was the person I felt the closest to when we arrived on Earth, and now she's just abandoned our friendship and decided to go back to being a council member. 
a council member who watches my every move in fear that I'll reveal all their secrets. How does she expect me to trust her now that she's treating me like some sort of puria? I think that Professor Haldway would have experienced the same kind of treatment if he'd been on this trip as planned. In fact, given how he almost enjoyed rubbing the council the wrong way, I doubt Mary would even have let him leave the crew at all. <sighs> Damn it! What was I thinking? I messed up my only chance, and all because I just don't know when to shut the hell up. It'll be fine, Joe. Oh, stop! The least you could do is offer a little help. How may I be of assistance? You could start by telling me when I'm being dense. Why didn't you mention that sending my report to Mary with my suspicions about the Martian Council's lies wasn't a good idea? I'm configured based on what's in your link. I can't go against what you fundamentally believe. When you sent the report, you genuinely thought that you were doing the right thing. Yes, that's exactly the problem. I'm so angry at myself. You'll figure it out. Take some time to calm down. Then, put your head down and focus on your research. Make them forget you're here. When an opportunity comes up, you'll grab it. You've got this. Thanks, Ego. <sighs> you're right. I'm going to act how the Martian Council would expect me to. Not another word about any of this. And who knows, maybe Mary will let her guard down and tell me what's going on. I like that plan. Perfect. All is not lost. After all, we're going to be here for months. There's still hope. Joanna Delastra's logbook, day 31 after day touchdown. After touchdown. Day 33 after touchdown. Joanna Delastra's logbook. 34 after touchdown. Day 40 after touchdown. 45 after day 50 after touchdown. Day 60. Joanna Delastra's logbook, 71 days after landing. Joe, what are you up to? You literally read my thoughts, Ego. You know exactly what I'm doing. That's true. But that means I also know that you'd quite like to tell me about it. You're right. I can't hide anything from you. Mary invited me to dinner tonight. Outside of the university. In a restaurant in Neopolis that supposedly makes excellent cocktails. Finally. This could be the opportunity you've been waiting for. I'm convinced it is. She's been much more relaxed over the past few weeks. She came to see how my work was going and even gave me permission to conduct interviews with the students here, which isn't ideal, but still, it's better than nothing. I think she's starting to trust me again. Are you planning to use tonight to ask her about, you know what? Hmm, um, I, I don't know yet. On the one hand, I feel like it's now or never, but on the other, I'd like to ask her if I can see Christopher and Valentine again. Even if it's just for a day, every once in a while. They're my friends, you know? 
And you're worried that bringing up the Great Departure will cause her to put her guard up and refuse to give you permission to see them. Is that right? Exactly. I feel like I'm at crossroads, and that there are two possible routes to take here. Either I stay safe, shut up, and hope that the Council rewards me for my silence, or I go in search of the truth. But that path seems dangerous. What do you want to do, Joanna? I'm not really sure. On the one hand, yes, I like knowing everything is in its place here at the university and with the crew, but... <sighs> I need to know. It isn't just me. Professor Haldway already had his suspicions about the fact that the Earthling had self-destructed after the Great Departure. And then there's the colony back on Mars that still doesn't know that we've arrived here, alive on a planet that isn't at all hostile or dangerous to us. I'll be here in any case, Joe. You won't be alone. I know, Ego. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Will you help me to get ready? Joanna Delastra's logbook, 71 days after touchdown, continued. Wait, or maybe 72 days. Anyway, it's nighttime. Over. Joe! Over. Leave me alone. Joe. I told you to leave me alone. We have to talk. I don't feel like it. End of discussion. Joanna! I don't know why you're pushing this. You can read my mind, can't you? And I told you I want to be left alone. Exactly. Because I can read your mind, I know that you're not doing well. You have to speak to me. What for? It's not like you can help me. You can confide in me, though. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, great. So glad I have an avatar that's nothing more than a virtual projection of my brain to confide in. And all controlled by a totalitarian council that apparently wants us to all just rot on a frozen rock out in the middle of space. What I say isn't controlled by anyone. I was designed to respect my host's personal data. What you're saying is really hurtful, Joe. Even for an AI. <sighs> oh no, you don't, Ego. You're a machine. You don't feel anything. And the way things stand, you're not very useful to me either. So just leave me the hell alone. What would Professor Haldway say if he saw you like this? Shut up. He'd wonder how someone who was always able to stand up to him the way you did could let themselves get into such a state. I told you to shut up! No, Joe. I won't shut up. And do you know why? No. Leave me alone. You know exactly why. I won't be quiet because you don't want to be quiet yourself. You're hiding in your silence because you don't know how to keep in the secret that's eating you up inside. There's no one I can talk to about it. I feel so alone. 
Well, then tell me about it, Joe. That's what I'm here for. Okay. Okay. You win. Drawn on the Lastra's logbook, day... Let's say, 71. To tell you the truth, my evening with Mary started out really well. We actually spoke to each other, had a real heart-to-heart, the, the kind good friends have, over a couple of hydrogen fizz cocktails. I didn't feel like I was sitting across the table from a member of the Martian Council. No. Tonight she was just... Mary. A 30-year-old woman who's just as lost as I am, who sometimes gets homesick when she thinks of Mars. It's crazy when you think about it, how far we've come. Anyway, we spoke for a long time, and she ended up apologizing for having been so harsh, forcing me to rejoin the crew at the university. She told me she got scared because I'd discovered something that I wasn't supposed to know, and that she was worried that I'd come to hasty conclusions about it. I forgave her for everything. I mean, it's her job after all, and she had her reasons for doing what she did. I'll bet Captain McWells, even if he does always stay close to his ship, must keep her busy with problems as well. But something happened. At one point, Mary seemed to hesitate, and she gave me a choice. Act as if the evening was just a nice outing between expat colleagues from a distant planet, and take advantage of our days left here to pursue my research, or... or learn the truth. I could feel my heart start to race in my chest. Mary offered to tell me everything. I was finally about to understand. Understand why, for my whole life, I thought that Earth was a dead planet. Understand why Earthlings were persuaded that the colonization of Mars had failed. Finally understand why Earth had never resumed contact with Mars, even though the Green Planet would mean salvation for the colony. And so, I asked her to tell me everything. Everything is a lie. The lack of contact between Earth and Mars after the Great Departure was a deliberate choice by the Martian Council. They intentionally made the Earthlings think that they hadn't made it to Mars, that the ship had malfunctioned. And they lied to the colony about the Earth being destroyed. It was all planned. Living on Mars was based on a dream, that of starting over again, free from any attachments to our native planet. They needed a clean slate to erase all the mistakes our ancestors made. And to accomplish this dream, they had to cut all contact with Earth. The Council never wanted Mars to become just a distant colony of an Earth in rune. So they manufactured their own freedom. Each side believed that the other was gone so that neither Earth nor Mars would ever try to make contact again. And it worked for more than 150 years. But what the original council hadn't predicted was how the Great Departure would unfold for them on Mars. 
They had counted on successfully terraforming the planet to make the colony self-sufficient. But they failed, and their perfect plan started to fall apart. Even if our ancestors survived their arrival, at the cost of numerous human lives, every time they made a mistake on the inhospitable planet, even if our births were controlled so that we all had enough resources to survive, despite everything we had to do to protect ourselves and keep the colony alive, the infrastructure we built there isn't perfect. Our bubbles are constantly being attacked by radiation, our rovers break, our spaceships have to withstand countless sandstorms, and we don't have the resources needed to maintain and repair them. The Council hasn't let on, but the situation on Mars is desperate. The incident that cost Professor Holdway his life, it could have been avoided if our equipment wasn't falling apart. And soon? the entire colony could be wiped out. That's why we came back to Earth. Not to study Earthlings' survival, but to get materials and maybe learn about new technologies that might allow the colony to survive the next few decades. Mary knew that we were likely to find a thriving civilization here, since the whole council knows the truth. Their secret has been passed down from council member to council member, as for those of us who were selected for this mission, the Council had planned to buy our silence, to have us never speak about what we found here by offering us a seat on the Council. Guaranteed power and influence upon our return to Mars. The ultimate privilege. Maybe even authorization to procreate as well. Just like we'll never be allowed to contact Mars to tell them that it's possible to live, free and happy here. Our discoveries and research also won't be shared with the colony upon our return. Why? Because our society would collapse. While the colonizers of a century and a half ago were keen to settle on Mars, their descendants never chose to be born there. And if everyone suddenly wanted to leave Mars to settle on Earth, which they most certainly would upon discovering that it's possible to live there without constantly being in a bubble. Well, then all of the Council's work and power over the past 150 years would amount to nothing. What's worse, according to Mary, is that even if Mars did want to send the colonizers back to Earth, it doesn't have the means. The original fleet from the Great Departure has been ruined by age, and the spaceship our crew took to get back to Earth for this mission won't be able to handle many more trips. It's not hardy enough to bring back all the Martians. This truth in itself could create panic within the colony. It would be the last straw. So, so according to the Council, it's better for the Martians to believe that they're the last humans in the universe rather than having them die knowing that they'd passed their lives trapped in a nightmare. I didn't sign up for this. I wanted to feel useful, to produce research that would help my people, to bring back technologies that could have helped us back on Mars. Instead, I'm going to have to lie, to keep to myself the fact that there's a better world that's just a spaceship right away. Ultimately, I was only brought along to facilitate our relationship with the Earthlings. Mary can promise me a spot on the Council and a prestigious position, but 
I just don't think I could spend my life lying to everyone. Nor could I accept going back to Mars and being trapped in a bubble again, after experiencing what it's like to walk in the sunshine just to get a breath of fresh air. There, Ego. That's where we're at. And that's why, to be perfectly honest, I'm not even sure I want to go back to Mars. Over.